0: This is the FS Tech podcast.
1: Welcome to this FS Tech podcast. I'm Ross Law, senior reporter FS Tech, and today we're going to be exploring the value of data streaming solutions for financial services institutions. Traditional financial institutions have millions of data sources built up over decades which are often siloed in data repositories, making it difficult to access and leverage the full value of their data. Moreover, fintech challenger banks tend to take a cloud-first approach to their systems, meaning that for them, data is integrated and easy to leverage from the outset. With this in mind, traditional institutions may be held back from keeping pace with their competitors and adding value to their overall customer experience through the use of data. With data streaming, the value of accrued data is readily applicable to a range of different functions throughout financial services institutions. Joining me to discuss this topic is Peter Pugh-Jones, financial services lead of the global industries team at Confluent. Peter, it's great to
0: have you with us today. Thanks, Ross. It's great to be here. And I'm lucky I'm in an air-conditioned room. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's a bit hot outside here in the UK, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. It's quite, quite hellish. <laughs> um, so if we, I want to kick off by um, really finding out what the ability of leveraged data in real time is for FSIs and why does it matter?
0: Yes, yeah, so that's uh, actually a really good question, right? Because it, um, I think the answer to that might come from two areas and it's probably the easiest way to break it down into two different areas so you've got over the last 20 years or so a massive volume or increase in volume of data uh, which is obvious to everybody right I mean any anyone who has a cell phone or watch you know they get alerts pop-ups things like that's going on all the time they're tracking their health they're riding bikes and they're checking their mileage you know all these things are gathering data all the time so a monumental amount of new data coming into the sphere if you like of, of being able to analyze it and make decisions from it and then you've got the number of devices they all have. So that data plus the devices, um, it really does lead to a way of us needing to think differently about how to work with data generally. And although I may be talking about sort of IoT generating devices in some way when you talk about watches and and phones and things like this, um, Uh it it actually matters because if you're a financial institution of the modern era and of the future, you wanna be thinking about how can I best work with my customers in a way that makes most benefit to them and makes most sense to them. And you know, I'll give you an example, right? So today's yep. consumers, they've been aware that there's always been a trade-off, right? We all know this, right? Um, we use technology, we get stuff for free and we expect there to be then some benefit in that trade-off. We've given people our data, companies now own something about us, right? But the trade-off right. is, something that we expect to be beneficial, right? So we want to receive benefit for sharing that data. And I think that that's an area that um, certainly financial institutions can, can really improve on um, with some of the modern technology uh, that we have available today.
1: So what would you say are some of those areas that they can indeed improve on if we're looking at data streaming as kind of this overarching solution, which really, which really helps a range of functions across organizations?
0: Yeah, so um, the the fundamental challenge you've got is that any kind of business, financial or otherwise actually, uh, that's been around for a long time, um, will have technical debt and uh, technical architectures that, that are on, on their underlying systems that have been in place for a very long time. So, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the concept of databases, the, the concept in the 70s and 80s of a relational database was that we couldn't really keep all the data. We didn't have the, it was so expensive to keep information for a long period of time. It was very difficult to, to consume information and figure out what to do with it. So they developed techniques for storing that data and then later on being able to query it in some way to try and get some sense from it. And those sorts of things you know, are no longer really the challenge today, but rather oddly, longer term businesses have got all those things still in place. And what they're doing a lot of the time is trying to find ways of connecting those older systems Together with other systems to try to become uh, a more modern, uh, re- responsive and proactive business, um, especially when it comes to customers, and they really struggle with that uh, because of that technical debt. Right. Uh, so I mean, um,
1: data streaming handles that challenge of of all of this siloed repository data. Um, and what I mean, if you if you could start by explaining the concept of data streaming in a in a general sense and uh, just tell me about some of the current challenges it's looking to address beyond the the legacy
0: piece. Sure yeah so the, the really interesting thing is that streaming as a concept has actually been around a while and we can we'll come back to that a little bit and discuss some of that as a concept later on but okay. most people when they hear the word streaming um, they'll think of probably what they interact with maybe they have Netflix maybe they have Disney plus other tools like that are available okay I'm just picking those as random ones but um, with those things in mind most people think of streaming as that and actually the kind of data you're streaming through those is is relevant to data streaming because in the systems that we work on today it might be video feeds and other things that we're working with as well right but what we're really talking about is data in the more traditional sense so information about someone's transaction at a bank or maybe at a shop or where they bought some coffee or they've done something so that's an event a piece of information being generated and in a banking sense that piece of data traditionally uh, might be gathered somewhere and over time certainly interactions with customers through websites and telephone calls would have been gathered over time input into machines and then stored somewhere and then at some point on a regular basis someone would surf you know surf through that information and maybe create new Financial products or new offerings for their customers, um, but it would be fairly slow and sure. maybe not even responding to the marketplace or what people's expectations might be at the, at the point when they ask for those questions, right? So. Uh huh.
1: So data streaming really makes it um, to hand. We have this information and we can immediately get it out there and and apply it.
0: Yeah. So the the, the real kind of difference with streaming, um, if we go back to that database reference I used earlier. In the old days we'd design something called a data model and that data model would be the way we want to look at that data and then we'd store all the information in it and then when we're ready we'd write bits of code called queries to examine that information and see if there's anything useful in there that we can derive from it the modern approach is to actually turn that on its head almost and say well instead of writing the queries against data that's held at rest why not write the queries persist them in memory somewhere and attach them to a continuous stream of flowing data, which has all the information there being generated and passed through the systems. And we're basically doing that same analysis, but as the data flows rather than way later when it's actually arrived somewhere. Aha. Uh-huh. So
1: this enables a high degree of automaticity in, in terms of getting access to the data.
0: Yes. I mean, you, you're effectively building systems that, um, that are responding they could be responding in real time as the data is being passed through them, rather than at some point down the stream. And in fact, you could even learn from that because one of the problems, as we talked about with the older database designs, is that you only really uh-huh. stored what you could store. Whereas in the streaming sense, you could be looking at everything going past and then just deciding which things to make decisions on, rather than throwing everything away that you couldn't keep. Right? Which is a which is a really different way of thinking about it. Uh-huh. And are
1: there are there multiple ways of um sort of describing the kind of data you're
0: looking for in a stream to make it even more accessible? One of the beauties of it is that you can more or less connect to anything um, and mm-hmm. having connected to it, stream anything through it and examine it however you want in order to look at it. I mean, there is an analogy you can use. I mean, we call it data streaming, right? It could You could quite literally be standing on the edge of a river somewhere and sticking your head in the stream as the day, as the river flows by, and you yeah. might be looking at, you know, I want to look at the green fish but I, uh, and the red fish. But I only want to look at both of those things after a blue fish goes by, but only five minutes after a yellow fish. You know, it could be that kind of complexity yeah. that you're trying to do, temporal kind of queries on the data, which actually you can't do in a data at rest methodology because you've, you've uh-huh. stored it all. So you don't know if it was 10 minutes after the fish went by or five minutes after the other kind of fish went by.
1: Can you give me some examples of what kind of customer reporting obligations this um, this ability with the data helps? Um, but
0: yeah, that the streaming solution helps to fulfil. Yeah, so um, one of the things that's really important to all uh, financial institutions is is their ability to meet and exceed if they can regulations. Most of them do look to try and do that regulatory governance yes. and and so on. And one of the benefits you have of utilizing uh, data in motion and streaming technologies upon it is that in actual fact, you can decide you wanna keep everything if you want. And regulators love love the fact that you can keep historical information. One of the benefits of streaming is that you can do something called event sourcing. So you can actually keep uh-huh. um, the history of things as they change over time, right? So today I've got a beard, next week I might not have one. Well, that's a yeah. that's an event source, right? And that's uh-huh. something that could be a, a useful insight even from financial institution, perhaps, right? And so if you think of it that way, um, these, the new way of of, of building these environments uh, and taking advantage of streaming really lets you uh, react to very specific and subtle changes in the state of something. In fact, we even call it state vectors, right? So it's, it's about knowing the current state of something. You know, what did Pete spend? Where is Pete located? When he used his card, he was in London two minutes ago so there's no way he could be in Korea now <laughs> using yeah. a different card, right? So that kind of information, right?
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we have the the FCA consumer duty rules coming into effect, I believe, early next year.
0: In the how, UK, yes. Uh, how can data streaming help there? Well, actually, it's a really good example. So thanks for bringing that one up because I'm not sure if you saw all of that coverage of that, but a company we partner with called 10x Banking Um, is a provider of services to digital banks and startup banks. And um, they provide a banking platform, uh, which is built on, in our case, the Confluent solution, the Confluent platform solution in cloud. And that provides them with the ability to actually put in place all the things they might need to put in place to meet with this new set of consumer duty rules that are actually going to come into play from around about, as you say, April next year. So anyone thinking about how can we get from where we are today to being able to create a system or a set of systems that can support those new consumer duties that the Financial Conduct Authority will want in the UK everyone to be doing. By the way, what it means, essentially, the whole point of these new consumer duty rules is uh, to turn the bank's thought processes, or, or not just the bank, but the financial company's thought processes into customer-centric. So it's a bit like okay. know your customer on steroids, right? It's, 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 it's more really- than that, right? It, Every decision they make has to be, is this the best thing for my individual customer? And how well do I know that customer? And this is the kind of thing that you can support in these systems. What we don't yet know is is exactly how they're going to be measuring, whether a bank or other financial company is actually implementing those properly. But we do know that if you have a a platform like Confluent, with its data in motion methodologies and streaming analysis on top, you will be able to produce all the governance and lineage reporting information that you might need to satisfy those rules and to satisfy any tests they do for you on those rules. Uh
1: You mentioned sort of maximizing the reporting obligations and kind of exceeding them. Uh, And I guess that feeds nicely into our next question about what FSIs can do just to make sure that they're maximizing the value of their uh, data by using data streaming.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that um, putting in place a a, a data platform like um, Confluent will achieve for you is that if you have all of the information um, flooding through, you could call it a central nervous system if you want, right? Um, A a single location where it's all flooding through, it opens up the door for you to do multiple different kinds of use cases that are all based on very similar data, but in a way that makes it much easier to implement and, and monitor. So, in the banking space, you know, if you've got customer data flowing through that, you can do several things. First of all, inside that streaming data environment, you might be able to look at um, your risk metrics as a company. You'll have a certain set of exposures you'll have to, you know, be, uh, be allowed you know, a threshold if you want that you can go to. Uh-huh. Well, if you're streaming data about people transferring money around, businesses that they're working with around the world, you'll be able to do much more accurate and immediate uh, risk calculations on things like payment transfers, fraud analysis, all of those use cases in different business lines within a a bank or an institution could all be running off the same base information that's flowing through the consciousness, if you like, of the of the platform.
1: Uh Oh, yeah, really interesting. It it seems like there's just such a such a plethora of of use cases. And again, that leads nicely into the next question, which is. like you've talked a bit about looking how you can look at the data. Um, maybe you could speak about the further technology enhancements that become possible with the em- implementation of data streaming.
0: Well, yeah. So one of the other things that um, is, is a key area for growth in uh, in finance and in, in fact, in lots of different areas of business at the moment um, huh. and is covered in the press a lot, is artificial intelligence, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that people want to do Um, as their customer base grows, they want to become more accurate with working with them and more targeted with working with customers. Um, They want to produce maybe new financial products that benefit people better. They need to learn from the data. Well, if you have a streaming platform, you can learn from more data than you ever could before, right? because you couldn't collect it all before. Um, and But you can also replay it and learn new things from that data as well. You still need to have your data at rest analysis places so you can do offline analytics, you can slice and dice the data, build your analysis. But the really key uh-huh. thing is, you can then pick up that analytics that you've built, which I tend to refer to as score code, right? it's, it's, it's the sort of compiled bit of code that's been generated from the, maybe it's a machine learning model that you've created. And you can, you can embed that in the stream. So you can actually flow the streaming data through artificial intelligence models that you've built um, and therefore react even, even better and faster to uh, changes in the marketplace or changes in the way that consumers interact with you. But more importantly uh-huh. than that, you can even if you want to in the modern architectures actually build those artificial intelligence models live off the streaming data. So you can actually say, well, I'm gonna teach this model something well, why not teach it off the live data now, right? That's coming in at the moment and make it really, yeah. really powerful as an artificial intelligence. you will have seen examples of that in recent years where um, artificial intelligence um, engines were learning how to play video games like breakouts, right? I mean, right. that's a streaming uh, artificial intelligence model, learning how to get better at something, right? So it, it could yeah. improve lots of different things like customer interactions, as well as your risk um, exposure levels and so on. Uh-huh. Um,
1: I'm keen I'm keen to learn how, how the platform or the solution itself helps with um, showing people what they can create, what how you know what kind of things they can do with their data. Is this kind of fairly intuitively built
0: into the Confluence solution somehow? Yeah, so um, there's always new things coming online that um, enable people to experiment more quickly. Um, But one of the things um, I I, I learned very early on was that if you log into Confluent Cloud, um, you can, without really needing to know exactly how things work under the hood, you can define something called a cluster. And in that cluster, um, you can hook it up to, again, really with very limited amounts of code. You need to put in some security information, but um, Uh once it's in, hook it up to a data source of some kind one that you're interested in that you can get to um and you can start experimenting um with slicing and dicing the data as it flows through and writing if you want what we call the streaming engine uh, queries against that data to to experiment and this is the really oh. important thing with this new capabilities or these newer capabilities because um, one of the things that's always been important is finding out very quickly if what you're doing is actually going to be useful so isn't it better to experiment on that live stream of data as it's as it's running to test whether, actually, if I wanted to present these customers this new feature, um, is it worthwhile? Let's see, let's test it. Um, rather than gather all the data over months and months and months, put it in a database somewhere and then find out later that having gone through a big project that actually, no, it's not worth doing. Right? <laughs> you can fail much faster and move on to the next good idea is, I think, a really key part of, of using streaming technologies like Confluent. Yes,
1: absolutely. That's, that sounds fantastic. A great way of uh, removing the headaches and not wasting time with stuff that is a waste of time. Yeah, <laughs> Fundamentally. yeah.
0: yeah
1: absolutely. Uh, well, I think we've covered a lot of ground and this has been fascinating, Peter. Thank you so much for joining. And if our listeners would like to hear more about Confluent, where can we
0: send them? Great question. I think the best place to start would be to go to our website. Um, you can find that quite easily with search engines. Um, it's at uh, www.confluent.io. Um, but since I mentioned it earlier as well, it's worth saying that actually you can sign up and play with the Confluent Cloud right away if you want to, uh, at no charge, um, initially at least. Um, so and that can be available to you at confluent.cloud. Perfect. That. Thank you so much, Peter, and have a great day. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech podcast.